0: health and well-being, and we combine all the physical aspects, nutritional aspects, as well as the energetic and emotional aspects to well-being. So on this podcast, you guys, you are going to get a variety of information with different topics that can range from brain health all the way to how your energy field impacts your overall health and well-being. Now, let me remind you that we are not giving medical advice on this podcast, and these are just our personal experiences and information that we are sharing. If you do have any physical or any mental challenges going on in your life, we highly recommend that you seek a medical professional that you have a strong relationship with. All right, you guys, we are going to get started. So here we go. Hi, you guys, I have a special guest today, Udo Erasmus, and he is the co-founder of Udo's Choice Line, which can be found at Whole Foods and other health food stores nationwide. He also designed machinery to make oils with health in mind and pioneered this little thing called flaxseed oil, which is a billion-dollar industry. However, Udo has walked a pretty difficult past. He is a child of war. He has worked through so many things to become the man that he is today. And when he became an adult, he actually got pesticide poisoning in the 1980s and doctors were really lost regarding how to treat him and support him. So at that point, he decided to take health into his own hands and he began researching and discovering natural remedies, which led him to a passion of health and well-being. And today, Udo is an acclaimed speaker and author of many books, including the best-selling book, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, and he sold over 250,000 copies. He also teaches at events hosted by Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra and has keynoted at international brain health conferences and has traveled to over 30 countries to conduct thousands of live presentations, media interviews, and staff trainings, impacting more than 25 million, you guys, 25 million lives. And with his message on oils, health, peace, nature, and human nature, he is just super passionate and has extensive education in biochemistry, genetics, biology, nutrition, and he has a master's degree in counseling and psychology. So he's pretty amazing. I hope you guys are ready for his story and to learn a few things from him. So here we go. All right, Udo, thank you for joining me today on the Happy Who You podcast.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: So today we're going to be talking about human nature and total health. And I got really excited when I learned that you're the whole package and you believe in the whole package. And briefly, if you can just share real quick, give our listeners kind of the 411 on who you are and how did you get to the point that you are at? Because most people don't start off with, you know, the whole package. They're like, oh, (laughs) just... Exercise or just eat healthy, and mm-hmm. you know we learn and evolve to know that it's the yeah. whole within us that we. Well, need. I think
1: I got my nose rubbed in the whole package really early in life because I was born during the Second World War, and we were refugees when I was uh, two and a half years old. Uh, we were fleeing out of Poland into Germany with the communists chasing us in tanks and trucks Mm. on dirt roads in horse-drawn hay wagons, mostly mothers with young children. And the allies, the good guys, were using the refugees as target practice.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: And so my mother had six children with her six years or younger and decided that it was safer to go through the fields than stay on the road because there are dead horses and dead wagons, dead people in the ditches. So she took two of the six kids. She only got two hands, right? Started going through the fields, left four of them behind with the mm-hmm. farmer. And I was one of the ones left behind. And eventually we got reunited and ended up living in Germany. My, my parents actually had come from Latvia. They had left Latvia because Latvia went to the Soviet Union. It was a, it was a really messy thing going on. <laughs> and uh, so, so I was listening to adults argue when I was six years old. And it always bothered me because I was pretty sensitive. Mm. And it occurred to me one day, man, there must be a way that people can live in harmony. And then it's a little cocky voice. And I'm mm. going to find out how. <laughs> Six years old, don't know how complicated everything is, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to find out how. And that's been my driver all my life. Not all, you know, I'm, it's not like I was on it all the time. But always, yeah. that was always there in the background. And so I got into science because I wanted to understand how things work. Because where I came from, the time I came from, you know, you couldn't depend on anything. It wasn't safe. I never felt safe. Couldn't depend on anything. People said one thing one day and completely the opposite the next day. And uh, so I got into science to try to figure out how things work. Because then you get a certain amount of safety from predictability,
2: if you Mm -hmm. understand how it works.
1: Then I got into biosciences because I wanted to know how creatures work. Then I got into psychology to figure out how thinking works. <laughs> and then I got into medicine because I wanted to know what health is because it's called healthcare and yeah. found out very quickly that it's actually disease management. Went to the dean and said, "What are you? so what is health? I came here because I wanted to, to learn health. I'm just learning about disease. What is health? He says, we don't know. We're working on it. Mm. And uh, that was probably the most disappointing uh, educational advice yeah. <laughs> statement I've ever heard. And I went back into bio- biochemistry and genetics because in biological sciences, I figured out at that point, you're actually learning about the normal functioning of normal creatures in normal situations. Whereas in medicine, they're focused on studying sick creatures in abnormal situations.
2: Mm mm-hmm.
1: And so they know a lot about what's wrong, but they don't know what's right. So how are you going to get somebody to what's right if you don't know what right is? Amen. <laughs> yeah. And so then, and then I was still, there was something looking. You know, my heart ached from the time I was 17, you know, till, till I was 30. It ached all the time. I didn't know what it was. I was mm-hmm. physically, I was in good shape. So there wasn't a the cardio problem. And I do not know what it was. And I couldn't shake it. And I couldn't distract myself from it. And I basically ran out of distractions. And so I was still looking for something. And I didn't find it at university. I sat in on some social psych and some theology and some this and that. You know, so I was interested in everything. But there's (laughs) got to be, I'm looking for something. I don't know what it is. I know I'm going to recognize it when I find it. Yeah. And so then I got a little bit, we got uh, played with psychedelics in the 60s. I'm 80, so the time, you know. So so I got into that and then I got into a stillness practice, meditation, like a self-knowledge practice. Mm. So fundamentally, where you just sit still and you do nothing, and you bring your focus inside and you discover yeah. what's what's there in you. Because most of the time your senses take you away from yourself into the world right. or into your head. Yeah. Yeah, and that happens automatically because that's part of the survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. But you don't go back to your connection to yourself automatically. You have to do that deliberately. Yeah. And heartache is the call to come home. But I didn't know that at the time, right? Heartache Isn't it is your-
0: how our bodies are constantly giving us information. And have, you, yeah, you like you said, you use the word distraction. Yeah. We distract ourselves with so many other things that yeah. we forget that our body is this very intelligent machine that is constantly downloading information and sending us information and we're just not yeah. listening
1: yeah well yeah we're not listening because <laughs> we don't like we don't like what it's telling us <laughs> yeah <laughs> right and so then we, we uh, and when what, what we usually do with heartache because it's uncomfortable it's it doesn't feel good it's painful right mm-hmm. what do we do well we distract ourselves, whatever it takes yep. by you know a thousand things mm-hmm. or we try to ignore it or we try to deny it, or we try to put an explanation on it, like a -a cockabunga explanation (laughs) that we came up with or somebody came up with, or we blame it on something or somebody, right? That's how we mostly deal with heartache. When I say, okay, no, actually heartache is the greatest gift you've been given other than being alive, Mm. because it's your call to come back home, to Get reconnected to yourself because you're disconnected. Now, why did you get disconnected? Well, when you were in your mother's womb, you were connected because mm-hmm. there were no plates to go, there was nothing to do, everything was taken care of, and it was pretty safe. And you didn't have any language and you didn't have any beliefs, you didn't know who your mother was, you didn't know there was such a thing as a mother. Right? So what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, well, you got nothing in your head to think about, to plan you know to trip on right to give you direction for anything so you're just hanging out you're floating around in the little tank i call it the buddha tank <laughs> and you're and you're in deep meditation because there's no place to go so your focus is inside in awareness in life in its source right mm. and you're hanging out there and then <laughs> you get born everything's changed yeah. now you have to cry for your breast and you have to cry for your for your diapers and if it's cold you cry and if you're tired you cry And if there's too much going on, you cry, right? And then you have to learn how to get to know the world that you now have to learn to survive in. So your awareness goes from being present inside and absent outside, goes to being present outside more and more and absent inside. And And the disconnection from ourselves that begins at birth is the beginning of heartache. So now we're living, you know, so but you don't know that because, you know, because you, you, you don't know there's like to differentiate all that you don't know that. Right. So now you're you're out in the world looking at this and looking at that. And, you know, this there's this restlessness or emptiness or, or blues or loneliness or whatever you call it. And you're trying to figure out you're driven to do stuff on the outside. And there's always the subconscious or conscious or unconscious hope that when you succeed in whatever it is you're going after. You'll feel, you'll feel whole again. You'll feel okay again. And it doesn't happen. You, you, yeah. you, wait, you accomplish something. You get three days of, yeah, I did it, I did it, I did it. And then this restlessness is back. Mm-hmm. Ah, and then you say, well, maybe I didn't think big enough. Or maybe I didn't think in the right direction. So then you either you come up with some other idea and, and you start chasing that. And again, in the hope, because you don't know that this is your call to come home. Mm-hmm. because you don't know that what you're looking for you already got right <laughs> only it's inside and you're looking outside and and then you so and so that's how we live our lives until we run into something that makes it clear to us that what we're looking for on the outside and not finding mm-hmm. is actually fully present already on the inside and that mm-hmm. happened to me uh, when I, when I did in 1964, that was my first year of medicine. I did a, an LSD journey and I was, you know, what LSD is, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So, <laughs> so, and it had come out of a neurological research lab because I was working in a neurological research lab and they had some samples. So I took a sample <laughs> and uh, 60 micrograms. It's like tiny, tiny dose.
2: Uh-huh.
1: In an ampoule, it was liquid in an ampoule, and we soaked it into a sugar cube. That's how it was at that time. People were doing yeah. it, and I rolled on the floor laughing and crying, mm-hmm. listening to Mozart, laughing in time to Mozart, It's like ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> and and <laughs> laughing. And and what struck me as unbelievable is that. Oh, my God, everything that I've been so studiously, I was very serious, you know, studiously yeah. looking for on the outside is all inside of me.
2: Yeah.
1: That was the first time that had ever occurred to me. And by this time, I was uh, 1964. So I was 22. So mm. that's pretty early. Yeah. And then I got back into biochemistry and genetics. And then I left university just short of my master's thesis in genetics and because I, there was something else calling me. And so I did other psychedelics and for that exploration. And then I stopped doing them because they eventually they get pretty hard on your body. hmm And so I said, hey, I only get one body. I need to take care of it. And I'm I'm not doing any any psychedelics for two years. And psychedelics are not addicting. In fact, they're more they're more anti-addicting because they open up options in your brain. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the effect they have. And because they open up options on your brain. Usually when we get stuck it's because we're running running tracks, brain tracks. Yeah. And they're so well practiced that we don't know we don't see the options. So we could do other things. So when you're depressed, you only go to the depression tracks. Yep. But the truth is, you could do a thousand things when the yeah. trigger for your depression happens, but you don't see it. Mm-hmm. Well, psychedelics help open it up so that you do see the options, and that anti-addicts you. Mm-hmm. So they have they have very powerful use in addiction. Used properly, they're they're, they're powerful. So you don't want to just screw around with them. Yeah. But so anyway, so I'm not doing anything, and and then I, I had some very powerful experiences that came from being treated very badly by some Christians. Mm. Because I wanted to really, I was also exploring that in my late yeah. 20s. And I got in with a group of Christians who I thought were trying to figure it out. And we would all get together. And we would share stories. And we'd all leave enriched because everybody has experiences when they're trying to find out what's going on. Yeah. But when I went there, that's not that wasn't their idea. I walked in and I sat down and I said to the guy who sat down beside me, I just looked him in the eyes. I said, "It must be possible to see God and live." Why? Because there were people in the Old Testament who did,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we were told as kids, "If you see God, you die." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "It's like, well, wait a minute. He's my father. He loves me unconditionally. And then if I see him, he kills me. It's like
2: what? Right.
1: It's like yeah. what the hell is this?" Yeah. <laughs> so I so I said that to him. You know, and I didn't introduce myself. I just like, I was just like on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I looked him in the eye and I said, it must be possible to see God and live. Well, he went ballistic. He jumped out of his chair and his arms were flying. And he said, you're from the devil. You're from the antichrist. Get out. Oh
0: my goodness.
1: And so I go slinking out and I'm standing on the sidewalk in the dark, you know, and I said, well, let's see. I haven't seen God. So maybe I'm asking a question I shouldn't be asking, because we were also told that there are certain questions you shouldn't ask. Mm -hmm. And again, I have a problem with that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Every question should be asked. Exactly. And so I went to clear my head, and I used to do that by going into nature. And I stayed on a beach that was completely deserted on the west coast of Vancouver Island. It's a beautiful place. And in the middle of the night, I woke bolt upright, and there was a being made of light.
2: Oh, my
1: goodness. And you couldn't tell if it was old or young. Mm -hmm. or whether it was male or female just Mm -hmm. a being made of light Mm
2: -hmm.
1: no no label on it
2: Mm -hmm.
1: didn't say anything either but embodied a message and I could put words to that message and the message Mm -hmm. was I am come not to judge but to love Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and my confusion and my desperation that came from the night before gone instantly evaporated and it was Mm -hmm. like okay You know, now I understand what is the central message of all the masters, you know, Buddha, Krishna, Ram, all those guys. There's the central message. I am come not to judge, but to love.
2: Yeah. That's so beautiful.
1: Totally reset my whole life. That was the life resetting experience. Yeah. And then I started thinking about it. Well, who was this? Was this Jesus? Was this, you know, who was it? Because it doesn't have a label, right? Right was it and, and the three things i came up with was that was that christ was that life was that spirit turns out they're the same
0: they're all the same
1: so the life energy that runs you and it makes yep. you able to smile right now right that life energy is the same as christ mm-hmm. so that so that essence is in every human being and guess mm-hmm. what this message i am come not to judge but to love is not just a message of the masters to humanity It is also the message of life to the body.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Life within every human being, eight billion human beings to the body, because something takes care of you unconditionally, day and night, twenty-four-seven, three-sixty-five, 365, Mm -hmm. lifelong, never bit bitches, never takes time off, (laughs) never goes on strike, never asks for a raise, only gives, 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 gives. And we take it completely for granted. And I was, you know, I I complained about the war I was born in till I was around that time, mm-hmm. you know,
0: when it was really when it was really a gift.
1: When when the then I, I realized one day, oh my God, through all my dramas and traumas and everything, because yeah. there were lots of them, right? Yeah. Something took perfect care of me the whole time <laughs> through all of that, never let up, not at never, never. Never did not take care of me. Mm
2: -hmm. Took
1: perfect care of me, and I was like, "Oh my God, maybe I should make friends with that." It's been really Mm -hmm. kind to me. I should at least (laughs) maybe say thank you, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And then I began like the the whole. So what is that, you know? And then do I want? Yeah, I want to get to know that more. And then eventually I met somebody because this experience that I had with the being made of light became a memory, and it was got dimmer and dimmer, and I noticed, Mm -hmm. and it was like. Man, there must be a way that I can live in this presence on a moment-to-moment basis, because I really want to live like that. Mm-hmm. And I ran into somebody who said, "The peace you search for in the world—that got me because I came out of a war. The peace you search for in the world is within you, and I can show you how to connect to mm. it." And I didn't think he could because this this guy was 14, and I was 30 by that time. <laughs> I said, "What's a 14-year-old going to teach me? <laughs> because I've been around." You know, but the truth is that either he can or he can't, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, but that's pure, pure male arrogance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've been around. And he he showed me a method, which I thought was too simple, but I promised I would try it. He said, give it a fair chance. And he didn't say what that meant. So I said, okay, I'll try it for six months because I said I would.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And if I notice a difference, I'll keep doing it. And if I don't notice a difference, I'll just keep looking. <laughs> Everything was very iffy, right? <laughs> well, I used to argue with the woman I lived with at the, at the time. Where every day, I would just say one thing. She would immediately take the opposite view. We would get into these crazy arguments, like intense, like really intense. And I was insecure enough that I wanted her to agree with me. So we would get into this argument and then I'd walk out of the cabin that we lived in because I'd, I, I would be so angry and I'd sit down on a log and I would do the practice for five or 10 minutes. Like he, he suggested an hour, but I couldn't sit still that long.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So five or 10 minutes. And I do this practice five or 10, it's basically following your breath, right? Yeah. You know, it gets you out of your head and out of the, all the ideas that you're, you're jumping up and down on, right? Mm-hmm. So I got, so five minutes. And I'd like to say, we argued about that? That's so trivial. That's as trivial as the people in Germany that I was talking about, right? And then I realized that if I did the practice before the argument started, I wouldn't get into it. Mm -hmm. So by the time six months were up, it was like, oh my God, this actually works. And I always thought peace got to be really complicated, you know, (laughs) because we had made it to the moon and that was really complicated and we hadn't made it to peace yet. So peace must be more complicated than going to the moon. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what I thought, you know, Because yeah. I didn't know nobody told, you know, peace, ceasefires, you know, we talked about those are complicated things, but peace is really, 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 really simple. Yes. And it's, and the, it- es- and it's the the universal essence out of which your existence comes and all existence comes, the entire mm-hmm. universe comes out of peace. Mm-hmm. So that's the core of your being is the foundation is, is peace as a presence, as a, as a, not a not as an absence of war but as a calmness, as a quietness, as a...
0: So amazing.
1: Yeah. So then, then all, all of this stuff that I talk about comes out of core, universal core, is peace. That's the foundation or that's the container within everything, within which everything unfolds. And it's dimensionless. And it's content-free, but it's conscious. So that's the core. Around the core is energy. That energy is solar energy. It's a fraction of solar energy that... You know, because solar energy goes 93 million miles of space, then it's filtered through the atmosphere, then it's filtered through plants, and then part of it is absorbed into the plants, excites electrons that then bond with other atoms, so you get molecules, so that sunlight is stored in the molecules. They become your food, you eat those molecules, they're broken down in your cells, that energy is released, and now that fraction of solar energy is called life, Mm -hmm. life energy, right? Right same energy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a flow through your body, because you're eating yeah. every day you eat, it's a flow through your body. And that's the energy, that energy, the, the property of that energy is unconditional, empowering love.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the thing that I was talking about that loves you unconditionally 24-7, 365 lifelong. Yeah. Right? So, so you got peace as a core. Now you got unconditional, empowering love. Surrounding that. And then in the shine of that energy into the world, because we are radiant beings, yes. because we have that energy inside, that shine is called inspiration. And that's and that's life. That's the connect, the bridge of life to the world. And that's where our purpose lives.
2: Mm.
1: You know, if you get in touch with life, your purpose is already built in. Yeah. And it's something about who you are as a, as a creature
2: mm-hmm.
1: and what the world is you live in. And somehow mm-hmm. to make that better, to bring light into the world, you might say, right? The light that you are to bring that into the world. So that's, so that's the third part. That's, uh, I call it inspired purpose. Then number four, now we're getting to the body. It's about food and fitness. Food, fitness, detox, rest and sleep,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And that's, you know, we have, we mostly when people talk about health, that's what they talk about. Yeah. And they <laughs> miss the foundation.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and they miss the really important stuff. So, yeah. And then the next one out out of that is what I call survival smarts. That's the protective part of mind. Inspiration is the positive part of mind, Mm -hmm. the creative part of mind. So this is the protective part of mind's survival smarts. And that's Mm -hmm. based on, number one, having confidence. And the confidence is built into the peace and the love because those are formless and indestructible. Mm -hmm. So they never get sick. They never die.
0: I love that. Peace and love are indestructible
1: so the indestructible has no fear mm-hmm. so you can be bold and you can be courageous in a situation that requires something it's an emergency that's a crisis and you can learn skills at least to to know some of what you can do in the crises that you can predict might happen wherever you live could be your neighbors or it could be earthquakes or it could be volcanoes or it could be whatever it is you know uh, crisis preparedness. So that's number five. That's human nature, those five things. And each one of those has a different nature and a different function and needs a different kind of attention on a regular basis and goes off in a different way and responds to a different kind of intervention. So you Mm -hmm. can't all just do it by prayer and you can't always just do it by talk and you can't always just do it Mm -hmm. by one thing. But most professionals are specialists in one area to the exclusion of the other ones, but if you don't know enough about the other ones, then you don't even know when somebody comes to you, what is the best way to get them to help. And then mm-hmm. you try to keep them, and then they, you know, you talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. That's mm-hmm. not what they—they they need. They need vitamin C, but mm-hmm. then you never get them to the vitamin C because you because you don't have an overview of the topic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then the next on the outside, there's social group. That's number six. And obviously, you know, when we were kids, we'd get really mad at somebody say, you make me sick, <laughs> right? So we knew even as children that people can make you sick. Yeah. So that's, that's, so the, so that's the, the sixth part. Seventh is natural environment. And basically what we do to it, it will do to us. Mm-hmm. You know, they, I, I once a long time ago, somebody had carved on a, in a log, this was in the 60s, big log, letters about a foot and a half high. Maybe foot high maybe. Uh, if you shit in your nest, you will nest in your shit. <laughs> that, that covers every environmental issue on the planet. <laughs> summary, good summary. And then the last one is infinite awareness, right? And the infinite awareness is just an extension of the internal awareness of the calmness of the peace of that. So here we are, we're living in a universe that's filled with peace and then the question is, well, what are you putting into that peace?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Over in Europe, they're putting war into that peace. Yeah. But the peace is in the warriors, between the warriors, around the warriors, above, below, everywhere. Peace is everywhere. But they're not focused on the peace. If they were, they'd put down their guns and say, how can we help each other live better? How can we take care of each other's children? How can we do the most effective ways that everybody can have a good life? No, they're not focused on that. They're focused on, you're my enemy, I'm going to kill you says the one side and the other side says that you're my enemy. I'm going to kill you. Right. And, it, and that whole thing unfolds in complete peace, but mm. where we focus determines what we put into that piece. Right. So that's the, uh, that's the model. So and, I, it's, it's really fun working with it and it can be really helpful to people when you understand, yes, understand it that way.
0: And do you think like, so the things that you're, that you shared about seeing the bean and, you know, all of that. Like, so I've experienced different things in my life and mm-hmm. around more the spiritual aspect and things showing up and me not being able to explain what that is, but just mm-hmm. knowing in my heart that it's nothing but love and, mm-hmm. you know, just a pureness about it. And so sometimes I wonder because, you know, some people will be like, oh, what is that? You know, and they kind of like blow it off. Like, you know, like Co- crazy.
1: coincidence.
0: Yeah. Coincidence or whatever. And wonders, you know, when this started happening in my life, it was when I started to get quiet. And when I started to really like, when I get quiet and just breathe, I feel like it's, I'm connecting to my higher self. And I feel like when I start asking questions and I'm connecting with my higher self, things show up in a more spiritual way, like seeing beings or energy and things like that. And so I do we're so connected some of us are so connected with it but I think that it comes back to that getting quiet like you yeah. had said
1: yeah you you know only peace notices peace which yes. is really interesting if peace is everywhere you know I mean probably people are listening right now and say what the hell are you talking about I got I got my neighbors are driving me nuts or whatever's mm-hmm you know, all kinds of stuff is going on and look what the government's doing and look, there's a war here. Look, 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 right? Yeah. The only way that you can notice that peace is everywhere is if peace in you is doing the looking. So true. Only peace knows peace. So Mm -hmm. if I'm in peace and I see peace everywhere, then I will live into peace in a very different way than when I'm angry Mm -hmm. and I see enemies everywhere. Yeah. When I'm angry, I see enemies even where there aren't any. And I'll create enemies just because of my state of being. And mm-hmm. if I'm fearful, I'll see danger everywhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I'll be hiding and I'll be finding protections mm-hmm. and I'll be looking for, you know, just because of my state of being or my state of emotions, really. States of yeah. beings don't, are, not, are not mental. Emotions always have mental content. Yeah. So, so if you're fully present in all of your being, and your surroundings. You find out, first of all, if you're surrounded by peace, that the energy that you call life or Christ or whatever you call it in, you know, depending on what your religion is, right? Yeah. Well, that energy fills you from top to bottom. In fact, that energy that is life, that is Christ, fills you, it's omnipresent in you, so everywhere present in you, in every one of your cells, right? Mm-hmm. Omniscient, knows everything about you, that's why it can run the show. You uses a genetic program that it created. You know, we discovered it, but we didn't create it, right? Mm-hmm. Uses that genetic program to run the entire show. And it's also omnipotent because it's all power in your body, all powerful in your body. So you're filled with that. And guess what? Every other creature on this planet is filled with that that energy, too, mm-hmm. in the animals, in the plants. So if you're aware of the energy aspect of your existence, because mostly we're just thinking body, right? right. Yeah. I'm me. This is me. This is actually <laughs> not me. You know, right. this is always turning over. Right. You know, I like the water in my body. Is always turning over. You you we pour it in the top and we drain it out the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. And we sweat it out and we breathe it out, right? And so and we we drink fifteen times our body weight in water every year, mm. right? So and then the the other the molecules the. Uh, The oxygen goes through the body all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Goes in as oxygen, comes out as carbon dioxide. And in the meantime, life uses it to get things done, right? So that's going through all the time. And everything you eat, the reason why you have to eat every day is because your body is always turning over. Mm -hmm. In a year, 98% of the atoms in your body are removed and replaced. So your body is not even a thing. It's 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 a focus for a major construction site. That's what your body is. Yeah. Major construction is always turning over. And that's why healing is possible, because when you, when something goes wrong with it and you raise the standard for intake of yeah. building blocks, then you can rebuild the body to a higher standard, 98% within one year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. right? So everything's just going through here. So we're basically just a focus for events taking place. Mm-hmm. The idea of it, oh, I'm me. Well, no, you change all the time. You start with an egg <laughs> and a sperm. You know, then you became a little fetus that looked like a fish and yeah. you started, then you looked like a little pig, you know, and <laughs> then you became a human baby and then you grew, right? And then you go for a while and then you grow down, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you shrink again, right? So there's this whole thing that is your life that has a physical aspect that's changing all the time. Yeah. You know, and when people talk about reincarnation, well, which, which, which part of all that stuff that went through your, through this, through this focus, you know, which part comes back, which part are you coming back as if you reincarnate? It doesn't even <laughs> yeah. make sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what and then, and then okay. you, you, you know, part of you when you, you know, part of you becomes a tomato and part of you becomes an eggplant and part of you becomes a tree. And <laughs> part of you you know makes it down the river into the ocean becomes a fish right yeah. so it's just like it's just a, it's just a a everything is always being recycled re- mm. recycled and reused yeah you're gonna ask something
2: so
0: what do you think like from so what i believe is i believe that we have a soul this mm. energy soul that is of consciousness that in you know goes into this physical body and this physical body like you said is conscious changing and turning over. And so this is like just a temporary, I believe it's a temporary vessel for our soul. Mm. So that soul of consciousness, it's you know, why I, I sometimes think like, okay, well, why did this soul come into this body and be on planet earth in 2023? Like why that mm-hmm. you know, like getting the why am I here? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, from that aspect, when I hear your story and everything that you've been through. And then since you were little, you know, age six, seven, like thinking like there's, you know, there's gotta be peace. Like, and I'm going to find it. It's like, I, you know, it makes me like curious around, man, did Udo's soul come down here to literally share and create what you have shared and created? Because Mm -hmm. I would guess that there's a, a lot of people, maybe more people than not, that, that aren't getting this aspect of love and peace and from a soul level and it lives within us. It's not outside of us. Mm-hmm. And you just being, you know, one element of this awareness, because I think there's a lot of people that are, you know, that come to earth as a soul in the body that are trying to spread this. So with all of what I just said, why do you think we're here? <laughs>
1: Well, when you talk about soul, like re- what religions, what spirituality t- tends to have done is they separate the life energy. So they call it spirit or, or soul or whatever. They, s- they separate it from the natural phenomena, mm. but it's actually not separate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Your soul, what people call soul, is that solar energy. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. interesting the words are even similar, right? Yeah. Solar energy in the molecules in the bonds between molecules that opens up inside of you and then runs your show there's your soul is solar energy solar energy is life energy is christ christ is when you go subjective on it so that means when you bring your focus back inside and become aware into that energy then that is the christ experience right and the masters were doing that and we mostly only dabble in it mm. but there isn't this there isn't to to my way of thinking there isn't a soul separate separate from that solar energy mm. right because that is solar energy is flowing through me too that's not stable either mm. it's formless and indestructible mm. and it runs the show it weighs nothing runs the show but it's not separate from the natural phenomena only the religious guys called it called it soul and the science guys call it solar energy.
2: Mm.
1: But it's all it's one thing. Right? And why are we here? Why are we here? The answer to that question is bigger than the galaxy. Mm. Right? Because what created this universe, right? You can't really get a handle on that. <laughs> no. But but you can acknowledge that you're that here you are as part of that, that there are forces way beyond you that bring you into being and run you. And give mm-hmm. you the gift of the experience of being human. Mm-hmm. Because you know, your your body's just made out of dust, water, air,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and solar energy, right? Yeah. So when you they're mixed together like this, they can dance and sing and have orgasms and make babies and you know, cut logs down and build houses and do this and do that and do all you know, do all kinds of stuff. Well, water can't do that. And Mm -hmm. dust can't do that. Mm -hmm. Air can't do that. But when they're (laughs) all mixed together in this form, they can do all that. And so purpose one for living is to be fully present in this gift that you are, fully present in it, in all of it. And so that's like the eight things I talk about, like fully present and fully present in your environment, not lost in thoughts in your head with theories and ideas Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and dance the dance that is here for you. And it's a gift. That's the pri- primary purpose. And why? Because you were given the gift. And if you don't enjoy that gift, I can't enjoy it for you. So it's a wasted gift mm. if you don't enjoy the gift. And you only have it for a short while, right? Because you don't exist yeah. for billions of years. Then you get 100 years if you're lucky. And after that, you don't exist for for billions of years. Mm. So, what, so purpose one, be fully present in the gift. And then purpose two is when you're fully present in the gift, you feel so cared for. Because you're so filled with love and so filled with peace and so filled with with shine <laughs> that the only thing left to do, it's not about me anymore. It's just like about, okay, where can I help? Okay, mm-hmm. what needs to be done? Okay, how can I make the biggest splash for good that's possible in one human life in the time that I have, right? But in terms of like, what's the purpose? Yeah, people come up with it. They create it. They try to, they try to you know, I mean... To, ha- to be given this gift and to enjoy this gift and to help where I can, isn't that purpose enough? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and then, but then how, what is it part of? It's like part of the sun is part of that. And then the dust on the planet is part of that because that's makes mm-hmm. part of the body and the water that's always moving around. That's part of it. And it moves around on the outside of me, just like it moves out around in the inside of me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we are in, we are in this as part of a play that is not being done by some white, uh, old guy with a white beard, <laughs> right? But is being done by a force
2: mm-hmm.
1: that created a universe or that is creating a universe because it, the universe exists only in the present. Yeah. Right? It doesn't exist in the past or the future. So it's continuously creating and maintaining and upholding and moving a universe. And we're just part of that. Mm, is and to me, it's like that's purpose enough. Yeah. Where do I go? Where do I go when I die? Well, the, the the dust goes back in the dust, and the water goes back in the water, and the air goes back in the air, and the energy goes where energy goes. At that point, you can't see it because you can't see me physically with physical eyes walking around because of energy mm-hmm. that is in my mm-hmm. body, but the energy is still there. You can't just unenergy energy.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> just because it separates from the body doesn't mean the energy doesn't exist anymore. So anybody who's ever lived that life is still energy
2: mm-hmm. and it's
1: still somewhere. And if it's not here, then it's somewhere else.
2: Yeah,
0: right? <laughs> that makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Energy can't be created nor destroyed. So it's yeah. going to go
1: somewhere. Change is formed, changes style, but, uh, but is, is indestructible. And yeah. you're talking about health. There's perfect health. Life mm-hmm. energy is perfect health,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and life energy knows how to make a body that works, provided mm-hmm. that we take just a little bit of responsibility, which is right here at our mouth. Yep, we eat in line with nature, mm-hmm. so probably fresh, whole, raw, organic. Yeah, and for human beings, mostly plant based.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, when we live out of line with any part of our being, then some somewhere along the line, there's going to be consequences for that. Yeah. That's how, that's how everything works. Right. And so if you live in line with nature and your nature, so you might have to become slightly uncivilized to do that, right? <laughs> but but if you live in line with nature and your nature, that is going to be the the way to have the best and longest and most productive and most fulfilling life possible mm-hmm. for you.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Now, if you so with people listening and they're sitting there thinking okay, well, this is good for you because you figured it out or, you know, it's easy for you.
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't easy. Right. I, <laughs>
0: you know, this is kind of the, sometimes I hear this a lot, you know, like they'll say, oh, well, it's easy for you because, right. Mm-hmm. Or there's, so what would you say for somebody who is, there's so much noise around them. They're not feeling love. They're not feeling centered. They're not feeling that solar energy. What would be some advice where they could start? Like, what would you recommend for them to okay. do to start?
1: There is only one thing you need to do. You need to change your focus. Mm. Because when you're in the middle of noise, there's still peace and love running your body. They're right there too, mm-hmm. right? In the middle of the noise, there's complete peace inside of you, not affected by the noise. There's complete love, unconditional love inside of you, not affected by the noise. And there can be purpose inside of you if, you, if you're in touch with your, your peace and your love inside of you that is noise proof <laughs> right so if your focus goes there but the question about how do you get your focus there is I can I have to tell you for me it's always asked always started with questions I didn't like what it sounded like when people were arguing
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so it so it was like God there must be a way so that's a question in a way but it's a you know the question behind that is how can people live together in harmony Mm -hmm. That was the question. But I didn't it didn't come to me that way to say, man, there must be a way, right? So what is the way I'm going to find out? I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to find out. So with that question comes a a focus and comes a direction. Before I had this, this experience of the being made of light, I asked a question. We weren't very religious. It, where we grew up my parents for them nature was their church and they like to the pace and i i get it I, I, it's like i'm a little bit like that we were nominally lutheran right but in my late 20s i started thinking about you know nobody remembers my grandfather he hasn't been dead for 50 years i don't even remember his name he died before i was born so i never knew him right but you know i never i wasn't there when jesus was alive either and that was two thousand years ago and people are still talking about this guy it's like how come they're not talking about my grandfather, but they're talking about Jesus? What was the difference? What was it about him that made him memorable? And, you know, you can have some pretty, there's some pretty cynical answers about, oh, the church used him as a marketing tool and blah, blah, blah. But, but to me, it seemed like, well, there must have been something there. Even if the church used him as a marketing tool, there must have been something there. And so my question became... You know, I started reading the New Testament, the red letter edition. Everything what that Jesus says is in red ink, and everything else is in black ink. It's because I wanted to know about the Master. Because I didn't, I don't care about all the other guys. You know, it's go, go for the core. <laughs> you know, and uh, and so I started reading that, put it to the test, and had some really interesting experiences taking risks on the basis of what he said, or what is written. He said, because that was all translated. So there's a lot, all kinds of issues, right? <laughs> And the question that came to me, I started reading in John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it goes on, and then it says, and Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, full of grace and truth. Now, every time I say that, the hair goes up on the back of my neck, you know, because it's like poetry. And when I read that, it was like, you know, what inspired John to write that? What was he feeling? What was the experience he had that that was an expression of? I want to have that experience. I don't care about what he, what he ate for breakfast, but I want to have the experience that inspired that poetry. And then a couple of weeks later, I said, "Wait, I wait, I wanted to know what the master was doing. So I said, you know, I want to have the experience that Jesus had, that the master had, that made him able to do what he did, live like he did, talk like he did, and do what he did. Why would that not be possible, right? It didn't occur to me that it wouldn't be possible. It's like, but hey, yeah, I want to re—I want to get to the guts of this thing, right? And so it was that question. You know, the the—it's like when you ask a question, and it's your question, you get set up for a direction to answer that question. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. then, when you have, if this is like, if this is the, and it's got to be—you don't just make it up, stupid. You know, but you have an emotional investment in your questions. Yeah, I, w- I want to know why, how can people live in harmony? I don't like this unharmony, right? So you got to ask the right question. And that question is your your question. It's not like, I let, let me tell you what question you should ask.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, what is your question? You know, if you don't like the noise, there's already a question in the fact that you're reporting the noise because you're complaining about it. If you're complaining about it, there's already a question you're saying. And my question would be something like, well, first of all, how can I live within this noise and not be freaked out, mm-hmm. right? Not be upset, or what could I do instead, or where would I need to go where where it's quiet, right? So there are lots of questions come up. If you have a complaint, there's a ton of questions there. What are those questions, and then pursue the answers to those questions of those que- pursue the answers to those questions that are important to you. Mm-hmm. Right. It's
0: And I, I think what's beautiful about what you're saying is ask the questions and be curious and don't mm-hmm. already think, you know, I think that's what? what we do as humans. Right. Like it's like right. we already it's the already always knowing type of thing where if we can put that aside and ask the question and be curious and get quiet and just see what shows up for us versus doing the whole
1: right. thing up right. there. Yeah, and I think pre- pretending to you know is is a dis- it's just dishonest
2: mm-hmm.
1: because because you don't know. Because mm-hmm. if you had all the answers, you'd be living yeah. the life, right?
0: None of us really know.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, saying, well, yeah, yeah, I know, or somebody tells you something, yeah, yeah, I know. That's just a way of just like pushing it away.
2: Yeah.
1: What do you want to know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, what do you, you want to know that you don't know? You know, maybe you could even say it that way. What in your life don't you know that would be helpful to know? I love that. Right.
2: That's great. Yeah.
1: And then in every area you have questions. Well, mm-hmm. how does the body really work?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I don't know. But so where do you go? Where do I go to find out more about how the body works? Well, there's mm-hmm. places you can go. Yeah. You know, how does the mind work? Well, you don't really know, <laughs> right? And you mm-hmm. can't know how the mind works if you can't get out of your mind and watch <laughs> it working. And to do that, you have to get into the the unconditional love that you don't know either
2: yeah
1: (laughs) and the piece behind that you don't know either right (laughs) and so this is like okay well how do how do i get so then you can say well how do i get to the essence of it Mm -hmm. how do i get to the essence of my being you know what is the essence of my being and then it's like like now you're in an in an arena where and then where do i find somebody who's who can teach me or is there even anybody who can teach me yeah well sometimes some of us are unteachable so there's that's a problem. right? But there's also, you know, not everybody knows about it. Yeah, And so you have to look. And then that means you, you have to be looking and trying to figure it out, figure out what can you figure out without help? Mm-hmm. And where do you get stuck? Because if you get stuck, then it's noble to ask for help. <laughs> right? Think- and, it, and, and so so in a way, a lot of it is, is based on questions when we become uneasy, because we are disconnected that's mm-hmm. where the questions begin because yeah. when i in when i'm in my peace in my peace place there are no questions there mhm right so so the, the so the journey is a, is a from is a is a journey from questions to answers you know and whether it's like what what is peace or what is my core or who am i or who can help me or is there anybody alive who has mastered what the masters that are not alive now <laughs> mastered that I can refer to because maybe I'd like to have a conversation with them. You know, so there's lots of, you know, lots of questions. Yeah. And ask them, ask Mm -hmm. them, because question everything. You know, my parents, because they came out of, they they went through the First World War, followed by the Bolshevik Revolution. They were were in Latvia, right? Followed by the Depression, followed by the Second World War. Mm -hmm. And they hated big business and big government and big, Pharmacy and big medicine they hated all the big institutions, and particularly my dad actually. my mother was a little more cool about it and he said and he said to us, he said, Question everything, question everything mm. and i I'd say i I pretty much have done that. you know don't just just because people will tell you stuff that
2: mm-hmm. that
1: serves an agenda that they have that may not serve you if you believe them. So, question everything. What is real? What can you rely on? You know, like in the last few years, we've been able to notice m- media are not honest, medicine's not reliable, pharmaceuticals are definitely love to make money, you know, and, and then they tell us things that don't work and they mm-hmm. try to force us to do things that don't make sense to us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Question everything probably that's a good place to start question everything. And when you question everything, don't just put it down, but ask the question, you mm-hmm. know, don't just say, I hate this. Right. But ask the question, if I hate this, what is it that I love? What is it that, how does it need to be changed? How does it need to be turned into something that actually makes sense?
0: Mm. I love that. That's,
1: that's a, like an activist in an activist life, right? Yeah. But you have to question because, you know, you, you inherit all this stuff, you know, and some of it. I mean, I'll give you an example. A lot of people from India came to North America. And in India, whenever you go and visit somebody, the first thing they do is they give you a drink of water or a drink of juice or a drink of something. Right. And when they come here, they do that, too. So I started thinking about why is it that they're always pushing some water on me? I don't I'm not even thirsty and it's raining. You know, I live in Vancouver, right? So it's raining, so I don't need water. But they do it. They all do, always do it. And say, oh, yeah, you know why? And in India, they didn't have refrigeration. They're a hot climate. You know, people were walking on foot. They didn't drive in cars. They didn't, you know. So whenever people showed up, one of the things was was likely was they're dehydrated Mm -hmm. from the heat, from the sweating, from the... You know, not being by a river and not having a bottle of water in their hand, right? So they'd be dehydrated. The first thing you do when somebody comes, you give them water because water is really important for life.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: right? So it's a, a habitual custom. So then they come to North America. It rains every day. Right? <laughs> but they, the custom got memorized,
2: mm-hmm. even
1: though it just doesn't make sense in this environment. right? At what point do you dump the the custom?
2: Mm.
1: Right? People had explanations a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, five thousand years ago. Many of them about soul and spiritual issues that were not. They did not have the insights into nature that we have now. Mm -hmm. And so they wrote scriptures, and now we memorize those scriptures. And some of the scriptures are two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand years out of date. What would they look like? They're still talking about the same truth, but Mm -hmm. how do we update them into? contemporary language so that they actually make sense to people. Because sometimes it's you, you, you know, you, you go to school and you learn about atoms and you learn about nature and you learn about whatever you learn that is common present knowledge. Mm-hmm. Then you, and then you look at a scripture that's, that's like a thousand years old and it's like, what the hell are they even talking about? <laughs> it's, and it's not that what they were talking about isn't real. Mm-hmm. It's that the language has changed and how we frame it has changed. And why aren't we contemporizing that? Why don't religions contemporize the message and stay abreast of the message? Because they memorized it and they memorized it and they memorized and they memorized and and nobody actually pursued the actual experience that they could then put into contemporary language. Yeah,
0: that's really interesting. Right.
1: Yeah, so it's like, where, where are we, it's,
0: it's that automatic, where are we on automatic and where we should be questioning and looking at yeah. things, getting and curious. Then,
1: yeah, and then we memorize something and say, okay, I believe that, mm-hmm. and, yeah. we have no, and we have no proof, and we have no knowledge. And the whole point of all of that stuff was that the masters, because they had a knowledge, and they were living that knowledge. That's yeah. what inspired their words. That's what inspired their, their abilities. Yeah. They were saying to us, if you do what I do, you can experience what I can experience, what I'm experiencing, and you can even do more than mm-hmm. I did, mm-hmm. right? And the kingdom of heaven is within you. Hello, mm-hmm. where are you looking for God? Oh, up in outer <laughs> space, right? The right? yeah. kingdom of heaven is within you, God's within you, right? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you looking inside? Yeah. You know, for the for the big answers, why aren't you looking inside?
2: Mm-hmm. Because, that's
1: that's you're, because that's where your because that's where your that's where your expert lives.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, Udo, that was so good. Everyone, let's start looking inside yeah. and let's question everything. So, <laughs> thank you so much for joining yeah. us today on the Happy Holy Podcast. I really appreciate your time and you sharing your knowledge.
1: Thank you. This is, this is fun. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely having fun. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Happy Whole You is is already there. You know, you just have to step inside.
0: (laughs) Thanks for joining us today, you guys, on this Happy Whole You podcast. We are so stoked that you are listening. And if you have questions or want to reach out to us, you can always email us at info at you.com. and you know where to find us at Happy Whole You on Facebook and at Happy Whole You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day. Have a great week
2: and we will see you soon.